Hey, everybody. This is a quite different episode of Technical Explanation Show because it's not an episode of Technical Explanation Show. This is a joint podcast with Wrestling Philosophy and Technical Explanation Show. And if you don't know, um, both of us, you know, we work for Ohio Matt Media. So it's our job to cover as much of Ohio as possible. So today, uh, we thought it'd be pretty cool to blend the two together, get the two different perspectives, and just have a conversation about wrestling, because that's what everyone's here for. So um, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. Right. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. I know it's been a long time coming. And, um, you know, you bring such a unique perspective to the podcast and to the wrestling world. And so from, from my view, what I wanted to do was I kind of want to just talk with you, but I also want to interview you because you do all the interviewing and I think it's your story is worthy of, of telling too. So we're just going to chat, like you said, um, two, two podcasts combined, all rolling up under one umbrella. Yeah. And uh, who knows where we'll end, but I know that there's going to be some nuggets in there. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so let's do this. If you don't mind, I want to know a little bit more about you and your role with the OAC. I, okay. So you, you're busy. You just got done talking to me off camera about you just moved into a new place. You got the new studio set up there. <laughs> There's birthdays going on. Um, you, and, and then obviously the Ohio Athletic Committee state tournaments, the junior high, and then the, you just wrapped up the, the grade school. You guys are incredibly busy and I've been involved with the organization too. Why don't we start with your role with the organization and then just see where, see where it goes. Yeah, I, I'm not an employee. Um, a lot. Of, I, it's funny. A lot of people think I am. I get called Jude a lot too. <laughs> um, a lot of people think I'm uh, my dad, but uh, I'm a 1099 guy, um, and I, I just work wherever uh, Jared needs me. Usually, that's being a district rep, or then when we get to the state tournaments too. Um, I've kind of trans transitioned into working more with the officials because uh, I just became a, an official for the second time. Uh, this right before this past season. And uh, my goal is just to make sure that we get good officials, um, you know, go to the events, get feedback from the officials, um, and just make sure that at, uh, at our events, we have the best officials that we can possibly have, because we understand that that's a big deal. These, these matches, um, you know, Tom Ryan and Tom and Terry brands aren't in the um, bleachers giving out scholarships or anything but you might think they were by how some of the parents and coaches react. So um, the better officials that we can have, the better event we can have. And, you know, since the OAC started, when those five or seven guys had this crazy idea to try to um, promote youth wrestling to make high school wrestling better, um, it's always been about the quality of the event and the branding and, and doing the little things right. And uh, I think that's what separates the OAC um, I think that's why the people come every year to wrestle and um, it has so much hype around it is that the OAC really finds people in the wrestling world that know what they're doing and they do something really well and they just let them do it. And when we all come together and do that, it's really, really cool. One of the coolest things is, is, you know, OAC just wrapped up their season now. So I probably won't see some of these guys again until for a, like a, like almost a year. You know, I'll see him in Youngstown again, and we'll pick up right like that. You know, I might not see some of these officials that I've been working with and um, working alongside of until uh, that first whistle of next season when I get to coach. 
um, but we'll pick up right like that. And that's what uh, wrestling is, is. It's a family. And that's why, like, I can have a conversation with you like this. Um, you know, we've met in person a couple of times, but we never really did formal handshakes or anything. You know what I mean? It was right. all during COVID or right before it. So um, it's just pretty amazing when you take that perspective and just look at uh, how fortunate we are to have the sport and what it gives us, what it's given us and what it continues to give us. So to be clear, Jude is your father. Yes. Um, and I sometimes I'll admit that. Other times I won't. Probably on camera. It wasn't the best time to admit it. But yeah, you get mixed reactions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Jared is your cousin. Yeah, my Jared's my first cousin. Um, we're pretty close in age. He has a brother that's we're only two months apart. But um, Jared was uh, uh, captured his fourth title in high school my freshman year. So we only had one year wrestling together. But uh, we had many a years wrestling on our grandparents, uh, uh, you know, carpets in front of the TV after mass every Sunday, because that was what my family and his family would do. We'd go to mass, yeah. go over there, hang out, fight, cause trouble. Um, so it's a close family and very blessed to, to even be able to call them relatives, let alone friends. So and Jude sure. Roth, your dad, was the coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was the coach at Sanofsky St. Mary Central Catholic. Um, I should know this. I think it was like 22 years, I think. So, so again, I don't want to get wrapped up too much in the OAC story, but I find it fascinating because you really mentioned a couple of things that um, I, I got to experience when my boys were in junior high. I uh, don't think there was a grade school then. If there was, they weren't good enough. There then, wasn't. But, there okay. Wasn't. Um, but I knew that, you know, that the, the junior high tournament in Youngstown was the pinnacle, was the best. It's one, you know, one division, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, there's no, there's no divide up um, at that tournament on which school you're going to go to, what division you're going to be heading, heading into. And my boys were, were decent. They were pretty good and not placing in two years in those tournaments. And then looking back at those brackets and seeing who actually placed and has gone on to be, to wrestle in college and even all American in college, it's unbelievable. And, and you mentioned the, um, just the level of professionalism that is done there. You know, they've, they've tried to mimic certain things that that's done at the, you know, the, the high school state tournament. Uh, I even, I even saw a comment on social media about how, you know, at the Ohio state, the OHSAA tournament, the mats weren't alternating red and green this year. Like they, like they had it. And then of course, what does the OAC do? They go, they, they do, they do what, they think is right. I'm, I'm sure I'm not speaking. Well, for them, we but. did what we've always done um, yeah. because that was mimicking what OHSAA has done. So right. I don't and know what happened this year with Matt's. Um, it was a little odd, but you know what? I think we should all just be glad that we had a tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if, if, if uh, odd colored mats are the biggest complaint we have about the OHSAA, then I'd say we're doing pretty good. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Uh, we, we love the nitpick on social media, Twitter and, and, and all that too. Don't we? So no, I know yeah, exactly. I couldn't what agree with you more. About. Um, I actually met the person that made that comment in person at an OAC tournament and cause I liked it or something on Twitter, you know, and we had a fun, fun conversation. So yeah, I, you know, I don't know what was going on there, but the OHSA does a phenomenal job and the OAC's job was always to, like you said, mimic, and try to try to be as best as we can, but really we want to mimic the environment on a little smaller of a scale, right? Six thousand people at Cavelli in Youngstown compared to twenty something at the shot. And the idea was is that there's a lot of really good wrestlers, um, but sometimes anxiety can get the best of them, right? So 
How can we maybe remove some of that anxiety? Well, you condition them to compete at that level in that sort of environment. And you do that so many times, by the time you do it at state, yeah, it's state. It's, it's the pinnacle of your career, you know? But you can also say, if you're not traveling nationally and going to Tulsa and all the other places, you can be like, I've done something like this before, right. you know, and, and those butterflies and those jitters, um, hopefully they're the ones that are good for you, right? Like you're going into wrestling. It's, you should be a little anxious and excited and stuff, but you don't need to be to the point where um, maybe your skills suffer because you're overthinking a little bit. So you're right on. Uh, that's what the OHS, I mean, the OAC try to do is, um, you know, replicate what the product the OHSA has and do the best possible job we can do with uh, what we do, getting uh, sports better in Ohio. Yeah, and, and you and I crossed paths, like you said. It definitely was was pre-COVID, but... Um, yeah, I think it's at Mason. Uh, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, at a, at a grade school. Yes, sir. Um, event. And, and uh, you know, I've I've been been blessed to just cross paths with people like like you, Jared, your cousin, and 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 Zeb Miller, and 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 the guys that um, you know inside the circle really kickstarted kind of this whole thing that we're really seeing. I'll be honest with you, um, I'm on the front lines with Ohio Met Media, and it's 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 taken off. Um, it, it's really spiraling. Um, it's it's going to be something big, and it it could be whatever we want it to be. But anyways, I met you and. And I was just involved with um, like you, like a 1099, just let's, let's get some video, let's get some content. And um, I realized in doing so that I'm seeing the future world team member, possibly. I'm seeing a future Olympian, possibly, because as I go back through the OAC archives and they've got, you know, you know, they've got uh, David Taylor and, and Logan Stieber and all, oh my gosh, just name it from Ohio being such a rich sport, um, a state in the sport of wrestling, these guys that I don't even really know their name, let's be honest. And then you start looking around, you go, okay, yeah, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. I could possibly be seeing the future of wrestling in this country. It's amazing. Yeah, it, I mean, we are, um, you know, at some percentage you are, um, there's some elite rest. I, I got to commentate some of the state matches for junior high and some of the scrambles, like it was, it was college level stuff. Um, but you know, what, how I've always had that in the back of my mind. Right. And like, I, and it makes wrestling watching like the Olympics so much more fun for me. Cause I, when I watch David Taylor, or when I watched Logan Stevers wrestle at worlds, I'm like, I'm not that much older than David Taylor. I remember when he could barely make one Oh three soaking wet with probably a roll of quarters in his <laughs> docks. Um, but you know, the cool thing this year when it hit me was, we did weigh-ins and there are six lines for skin checks. Then you go to the six scales and uh, OEC made banners this year of all the three-time champs and, and two-time champs. And you're looking and David Taylor, Logan Stieber, you know, insert other names of folks that did some great things. And it's like, man, this, the product that they put out now, the kids did all the work obviously, but because they put that out, you know, 6,000 people at the Cavalli Center got to see David Taylor before he was wearing a gold medal, uh, an Olympic gold medal. Um, that's pretty cool. Not many people get to say that they can do, you know, they've done that. And um, I think that's just a testament to, to how good the tournament is, right? The top, the top talent, uh, that's where they want to go. They know it's one division, so it's going to probably be as tough or probably tougher for most kids 
to win a junior high or grade school state title than it will be for them in high school. Um, you know, um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Even this weekend too, uh, it was pretty cool to see Jay Jaggers and Colin Moore in the corner. Uh, they both had wrestled in the tournament, you know, won it two times, I think. Um, you know, they're in a corner and you're seeing the second generation, like they're coaching. Um, Ryan Hurley uh, from Akron area, he was a champ the first year when we did it in Sandusky, 1999. His son competed in the finals uh, this year and came short just by, I think, two points to a really tough wrestler uh, from uh, South Shore, or West Shore, sorry, West Shore. South Shore is my wrestling association. Um, but if he would have won, that would have been the first father-son champion in OAC history. Um, and, and, you know, and seeing Jay Jaggers, he's a champion. He's got his little son uh, wrestling too. So there's, it's just so cool to see the second wave, you know, um, and that's what, you know, that's uh, what that event gives us. It's, it's just really, it's awesome. I'll give you, I'll put you on the spot only a little bit because I know Jared is super humble, doesn't really talk about himself and doesn't talk about the OAC enough. And your dad, we, I, I had to sneak up on him in order to get an interview with him. I mean, not only is he super busy and he runs all over the place, uh, you know, so no, he hides, he hides. He, yeah. um, so if you ever are working a tournament where he is, you just need to find where he's hiding and 95% chance if you're looking for him, he's going to be in that location. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess what I'm going to put you on the spot with is, is there anything that you know, what's next for the OAC? And then we'll move on to another subject. Is there anything that you know of? What what's the, what are they working on? What do they want to continue to do? What are they what are they wanting to champion? I know they've they've branched out into other sports as well, right? Yeah, we've been doing cheerleading. I think cheerleading was the or they should I, I said we they uh they've been doing cheerleading for a very long time. Um, that's that does really well. Football too. Mm -hmm. uh, the OAC football state championships. Uh, grade school is it's awesome event. Uh, you know, you got Maslin, uh, the Tigers that come every year. You got these powerhouse teams. I, uh, I think it was Dublin Kaufman this year. Three kids on their team, all right? It was A.J. Hawkson. Uh, <laughs> the coach was Zastadil, who was a punter for the Browns. Yeah. And uh, I think Bobby Carpenter's son, too. So the two, like, on their team. So, you know, they're there watching. The year before, uh, uh, what's Ohio State's coach's name? I'm not a not Ohio State fan, sorry. Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Yep. He was there during COVID. His son was playing quarterback. And let me tell you, his son could play quarterback. Oh. Um, but he sat, you know, because it was COVID, he didn't even sit with his family. He's stayed, you know, socially distanced stuff. But I mean, the talent that's coming through there and obviously uh, their parents and family and friends too, that event is really awesome. We get to do that in Sandusky uh, at Sports Force. It's mm -hmm. a park. There's like 10 football fields, AstroTurf. It's it's amazing. Um, so many people remark how great uh, that facility is. And so that's another thing I think the OAC does really, really well is, um, you know, I know some people driving to Youngstown, it's a, it's a hole for them and I get it. Um, but that venue, you know, if you could put that size of a venue in Columbus at that price and everything, you know we would do it in a heartbeat. But the fact is, is you can't. Um, and so, um, that's another thing that they do really well, but as far as what's coming, uh, what's new, I, I don't get that information. You know, I'm on the outside. I do know that right now, uh, is where we go through all of the surveys that we send out. Like literally we, everyone gets a survey. We want feedback. 
We want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, every single one of those uh, gets read. And I can tell you that because for a couple of years, I was the one responding to them. Um, so I know that they do. Um, and all that gets heard. And then, then we kind of sift through it and try to figure out, okay, what could we do next year um, a little bit better? And a, a perfect example of doing that pretty quickly was um, we had at junior high this year, we did a different check-in system uh, before they could weigh in. And it went, we did it the year before and it worked excellently. But the year before it was each athlete could only have two people. So the crowd was much smaller. So this year we do it again and we learned, oh, that's not the way to do it post COVID, right? So then very next weekend, changed it around. Wayans couldn't have gone smoother. Mm. Skin checks, Wayans, uh, registration, get your tickets, all that stuff. So um, Jared and Jude and, you know, Rusty and Terry and all these guys, um, I'm leaving so many people out, but they do a really good job of just communicating and making sure we can make those tweaks on the fly. Um, and, and it's, you're never asked, hey, we're going to just go do this. You're, you, you know, you're asked, hey, we'd like to do this. And this is why um, they're always, you know, telling you this is why we're going to do it. And um, the cool thing about that is it's always for the benefit of the sport. Yep. All right. Let's um, I don't want to steer the conversation too much, but I, I'm super curious about technical explanation, how the, the angle that you want with that podcast, the information that you want moving forward and how you got involved in all of that. Yeah, I got to give uh, most of the credit to Jared. Uh, it was his idea, really. Um, and it came from, he realized about three years ago, you know, officials, the number of officials were on the decline and the number of officials that we had that were over a certain age probably would be re retiring in X amount of years. And like I said at the beginning, the OAC is, uh, you know, 100% aware that if we don't have good officials, we can't put on the best event. You know, it, we won't keep... Uh, providing the value that we believe that we have been. Um, so he kept talking to me, you know, at one point, you know, he's, you really got to do this. Then COVID hit and I didn't really have an excuse. And I kept saying, no, um, I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm not an official. It might, you know, be hypocritical or whatever. Um, I used to be one, uh, you know, when I was in college and high school. Um, but I was like, okay, here's what we'll do. If I take the test and, and, and pass and, and you take the test too, because it's going to make us better coaches. Um, if I do that, then I'll do uh, the show. So it was really, it was really Jared kind of seeing a couple of years out um, and, and realizing we need to address this like yesterday. Um, and so, uh, you know, we started doing it and um, I'm the type of guy like you, maybe it's the wrestling in me, but I'm going to do something and I'm going to do something for people that, you know, I respect, you know, such as yourself, Zeb, you know, everyone on the, you know, uh, uh, everyone on the, OA, the Ohio Matt Media, you know, Spectrum, like, I have to do the best job I can. And the other thing is, is if I'm trying to get more officials, then I need to make the officials look good. I need to tell their story. I need to make sure they're 100% comfortable with sharing their video because let's face it, there's not many people that want to hear from wrestling officials, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I believe every coach should, but um, so I need, I need them to be really comfortable with the product too, because they are the biggest advocates of sharing it. Sure. We've got, you know, our page, um, but we all know how social works. So um, that's really what it was. And then, uh, you know, after I got my officials license again, and I was a little more mature because the first time I was 17 uh, years old, uh, I really realized kind of 
how everything works together. I think I did, you know, like we can't have competition without coaches and athletes, obviously, but they can't wrestle without wrestling officials. And so a lot of times we look at each other as like adversaries sometimes, like this official could cost me the match. Well, no, you can always score more points, just get better, right? Um, and, and we just need, everyone needs each other. And I just wish that we would see that more because I think if coaches understood really that the vast majority of officials um, were past wrestlers and they're just trying to give back, you know, maybe they can't commit to the time to coach. Maybe they'd love to coach, but that time commitment's too much. This is how they get in where they fit in. And they really, they really do care. Um, and it's been really enlightening. I think it's made me a better coach. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really fun. And I think the stories are things that, you know, some, you know, the limited amount of people that tune in want to hear they're worth being heard. Um, some of these guys have had amazing wrestling careers and you would never know because like you said, they're humble. They know that I'm an official. It's not about me. If, if people don't remember that I was there, um, after they leave, then that's a good day. And, and they all realize that and they just want to get the calls right. But, you know, hollering at people and, and some of the stuff that we do um, doesn't make their job any easier. And it's the number one reason that officials quit. So um, that's that's uh, that was the purpose behind the show. That's why we're almost 30 episodes in um, kind of felt slacked off there. Uh, I was pretty busy with coaching, working and doing OAC. But now I'm back up and, uh, you know, I got five more episodes coming in the next week. Nice. Well, so so Jared cheated. He got me to 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 substitute for him while he was, <laughs> was busy. So um, I guess he thinks I'm not busy, but no, I'm happy, happy to do this. I, I, I love it actually. So um, well, you're good what at is, it, awesome. what, what do you, what do you see? I, I'm actually concerned as a wrestling fan um, for officiating because we just basically doubled the opportunity by adding girls wrestling. <laughs> And so now you're going to have competing girls tournaments with the boys tournaments, and hopefully they're, they're combined, but we know that it's, you know, there's limited mat space. I'm not going to get into that. It's hard to, to, to do, to have everybody under the, under one roof, but these officials, it's amazing. I've been, I've been involved in the sport now about 20 years, just from when my oldest boy started, you know, in kindergarten and now, you know, doing what I do. And I see the same faces refing and i wonder you know at the state tournament um i i thought to myself that guy's coming back and i doubt they get paid a whole lot i don't know <laughs> but I, I would imagine they're not doing it for the money is my point but they come back every year and i'm worried that if we don't see some younger faces those guys are going to eventually retire or want to spend more time with their families uh, or, or whatever. Or, so is there, a, is there a massive issue that we aren't really talking about? Well, I'm talking about it, I hope, <laughs> I think. But yeah, um, there is. Uh, you know, getting uh, girls, women's wrestling sanctioned is awesome, but it's just the first step. Like, there's so many logistics that coaches even have to figure out, like, where do we practice? Who's the coach? You know, is it one, you know, locker rooms. There's a lot of things that, you know, yes, we did, we won the victory. Um, but there's a lot of battles still ahead that need to be fought. Um, and yes, you know, now that I'm a little bit more attuned to it, officials are pretty, uh, pretty aware this is a problem because it directly affects them. Um, and, 
you know, some of these guys that you say that you see every year and you're like, they're going to retire. Some of them are doing this and they wanted to retire five, six, seven years ago, but they know they can't because mm -hmm. wrestling will suffer. Um, and that's not to say they're not doing their best job. Like they're, their hearts in it even more. Um, but they're sacrificing going on, um, on the side of the officials too. Right. Um, not, you know, not so much as cutting weight and working as hard as a wrestler does or, you know, how many hours coaches, but there's people doing things that they would rather be doing other things just to make sure that these kids get a chance to have the same opportunities that they had. Um, but, um, all we can kind of do, it's like, how do you eat an elephant one chunk at a time? Right. Um, so actually this weekend, I'm really, really excited to go to wrestling against autism because the two days leading up to it, Fred Feeney and Don Beresford are doing the, now Fred has done, are you a duck for a long time, which is, I mean, I can't tell you how many people are like, yeah, Fred, Fred trained me. I took the, are you a duck class? Cause it's a brilliant idea. Uh, the thing that's different this year is Don Beresford, uh, one of the female, one of the very few female officials in the state of Ohio is actually a licensed trainer now. So now she can do classes on her own. Um, and we have 28 people signed up this weekend to become officials and five of them are females. Oh, so nice. to my knowledge, I think there's no more than two or three women in the entire state that are licensed officials. We're going to add five in three days. Um, so I think what we need to do um, is keep doing cool, cool things like, are you a duck? Elliot Spence, a guest of my show, um, not my show, the show, um, you know, he's got a class the next week. They have 20 something people too. Um, but what I think we really need to do is we need to shine a spotlight on the female officials and get more women to understand I could be an official too. Um, Cause we very rarely see these female officials. So if you don't see something, you don't really think that's a possibility. You're just like, oh, I guess you have to be a, you know, a little bit more than middle-aged man to, to be a, you know, be a wrestling official. Well, no, um, you know, a couple of years ago, the OAC paid for the entire women's wrestling team at Tiffin to become officials and they all did, but a lot of them kept wrestling, right? So you can't officiate when you're wrestling. So we really need to get some of these girls that maybe came out for wrestling later. They haven't been doing it their whole life, fell in love with it. Maybe aren't going to get to compete at the D3, D2 or D1 level. Um, we really need to get them to understand that, hey, it, your wrestling life doesn't have to be done. And by the way, you can make a little bit of money because um, you're right. They, no one does it for the money. Um, after you all the driving, the time away from your, you know, wives, girlfriends, kids, you know, hotel rooms, you know, that 250 bucks uh, for, you know, a day or whatever like that, it, you know, you spent that. Um, but it, that's not what it's about. It's about making sure these kids can have the opportunity to, to enjoy wrestling and learn the lessons that we've all learned. And I think have turned us into, well, I know I, I credit wrestling, you know, for anything I've ever done that's been good um, in my professional life. And sometimes in my personal life too, you know, self-discipline's always a good thing to have. Um, you know, being able to talk to people too. I, I talk a lot, right? Well, if I wasn't at tournaments all the time talking with, you know, the other kids about, hey, did you see this kid wrestle or that kind of stuff? Those are skills I might not have developed. Um, and, uh, you know, and just the, the, also the other thing too, I think that's great about wrestling is like, if you're on the mat, you're the only one that can control if you win or lose, right? right? But if you're thinking a little bit further and it's a duel, like everyone else on your team can't do anything and they're trusting in you 100% that you've worked your butt off. You need to win that match so that 
they can win and we can win the duel. So it's that aspect of, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a kind of a lone wolf, but the pack's right over here, yep. you know? Um, so I think that's an important skill too. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's just be honest about it. These officials are doing duels during the week, then maybe a tournament may, or sometimes a two-day tournament. And sometimes the girls have to then wrestle on a Sunday because no one can get officials because they're all tied up during the week doing boys, right? That's wrong, first of all. Um, but the other thing too is, is if you told me I need to officiate on Tuesday, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, you're not getting my best work on Sunday. Right, like right, right. I'm exhausted. I'm sore. I need to go to the chiropractor. Um, <laughs> you know, so we really have to figure it out. And it's going to really be up to officials to take it in their own hands and recruit. You're at tournaments all day. You're not working all day unless the AD really screws you. You know, uh, hopefully there's some, you know, you have some time with um, some other officials. We need to be talking to the table workers. They're generally wrestlers or mat maids or, or female wrestlers. We need to be talking to the coaches. Um, how could we get younger officials, you know, class two or class whatever, um, that can't do high school yet? How could we get them into wrestling rooms to do wrestle-offs um, and show younger kids look, you can do this too. You're graduating. Cool. Like take the class. You can do it on zoom. Uh, Laren Weichel and Denny Ole have a zoom class coming up. That's how I did it. I mean, we are adapting. And so I think the forward thinkers, like the people that I've mentioned that get it and understand that we have to kind of change our stripes a little bit because we've all been working remotely on zoom for two and a half years since the pandemic started. If we can't get officials to do 75% of what they need to do, that's learn learn the stuff pass the test the 25 percent is we need to watch them on the mat we need to observe them we need to you know two man it and stuff but we can get 75 percent of the way and i think uh i think we're slowly starting to see that um in ohio so there's a lot there but i mean <laughs> yeah you, you, you i I'm, I'm my mind is going all over the place to to i'm going to highlight this because i think it's important i look at it as two two people two ways to reach new female wrestlers uh, i'm sorry referees is what you said first and foremost the 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 girls that are coming up through and fell in love with the sport and either don't have an opportunity at the next level because you know maybe they're not quite good enough whatever or maybe they just don't want to right know? or they don't want to right that's number one. And I think that that's probably the target audience. But here's the other thing I was thinking as you were talking. I fell in love with this sport through my, my wrestlers. Yeah. My wife fell in love with the sport too. So what's wrong with the wrestling mom to continue her love and passion for the sport and be out on the mat? and be a referee too there's nothing that's the second no, target 100%. it's just a, it's a harder target right um because like you can you're on the mat with with the girls right and they're wrestling and stuff so you can after the match good job or you know they're warming up and you're not the official on the mat you can have those conversations um those conversations don't occur as naturally with parents but i'll tell you what there is not an official that i've ever spoke with that would not love for a parent to come and learn the rules because yeah. the parents sometimes scream louder than the coaches. Yeah. I can tell you my aunt Julie and my mom, I never heard my coaches. So Jared's mother and my mom. And, and the thing is, is Julie's been at college matches when 
Drew and Jared are wrestling. And the coaches will look over and be like, yeah, she's yelling the right thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of knowledgeable fans. It's just, how do we get to them? There's no email database. Um, and so I think, I think the best thing that we can do right now is exactly what we're doing is talk about it and hopefully get them to, you know, we cut this into some snippets like this section right here yeah. and just be like, Hey, are you a parent of a wrestler? Look, this is a possibility. How much great, how much, how great would it be to be in the stands and actually know what you're yelling if it's right or wrong. Right. Cause I mean, how many coaches have even read the rules book? You know, um, every coach can attend any officials meeting they want to at any time. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of look at if there's different ways that can help me win, I'm going to, I'm going to exacerbate those options. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why more coaches aren't going to the rules meetings to hear, Oh, this is how they're calling. Uh, you know, the first stall call in overtime is always a stalemate. Oh, that's how they're doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, these little things there's, uh, here's something, a crazy fact for you. Six kids this year at state placed it in the top four that are licensed officials. Huh. One was a champion. Um, from Fremont Ross, oh, wow. heavyweight. Yeah, the 285. Yep, licensed official. Um, Hayden Kuhn from Crestview placed fourth. He's done grade school state now three years in a row. Um, uh, there's uh, there's two at Monroeville. I can't, rem can't remember their name right now, but they took it over their Christmas break on Zoom and then went and two-manned it with Laren Weichel and Denny Ohl, who taught me as well. Um, so there are ways for these kids to become officials, even while they're in high school. Um, but I, I think we just need to keep throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. um, and But we're, we're definitely not going to get new officials doing what we've done before by just saying, hey, we have a class, sign up. Yeah. Um, and I, I could go on about how the classes are behind a, a sign-up wall and everything and how it's counterintuitive, but we won't go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're aware of it. The second step is doing something about it. Um, I'm trying my best. Um, you know, I know Elliot Spence down in the Cincinnati areas doing some great things with Dan Coolman and other guys that have been on the show before. But that's the other thing too, is uh, feedback from people like you, parents. Uh, you know, we're trying to build a community here at Ohio Matt Media where everyone can go and share, right? That's what Facebook is. You can say anything that's mean or anything that's nice that you want. Um, I, I would encourage you not to be mean unless you have a reason. But, you know, everyone's got the same thing. We're all trying to learn how to make things better and how to get, you know, prepare for what's to come because girls wrestling is growing exponentially faster than boys. And I just found out Fremont Ross, I don't know if you're familiar with Fremont, where it is, middle of nowhere, right? Yep. 26 girls, they have a girls team next year. Oh, wow. So, 26. So, wow. Yeah. So a lot of people think that can only happen in Columbus, you know, the Marysvilles, the Delawares, um, you know, cast town miami cincinnati whatever but it can happen anywhere you just have to want it to happen right um and so i think that's the same thing for getting more female and male and younger officials is like we can talk about it all we want but what are you doing today to alleviate that problem so that's my that's my call to action to all officials is like what are you doing are you doing the same thing are you trying different things you know um you're you're in sales right yep yeah i'm in sales too right if your pitch ain't working you got to change it, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and try different things. So I think that's where we're at right now. We're kind of um, in that, what I call a uh, rapid prototype thing. We're trying to figure out what, what are we trying to do? Uh, what are we doing and, and what's working? Um, and then my job is to 
hopefully work with everyone around the state of what's working, bring it together and share it with all the officials and um, activate the base. I love what you said earlier about everything working in tandem. You know, we've, we've just, we've, we saw Stanford almost lose a program and come back and everybody rallies. I mean, go back to the Olympic thing where we almost lost the Olympics wrestling in the Olympics and everybody rallies. And, um, you know, girl, finally, finally, women's has been sanctioned in Ohio. And of course the, the national, um, footprint has really grown. And now we have three division ones and everybody rallies, but, but nobody ever thinks about referee. If, if I show up to do my part and shoot um, uh, matches and interviews at Athena Nationals next year season, and there's no referees there, guess what's not going to happen? No matches and no interviews. Maybe some interviews, but no yeah. matches. You can't yeah, have so the tournament is the point. Yeah, so it's, you, it's an ecosystem, man. Like yeah, exactly. Understand. It's, it's, it's a semi, I'm going back to fifth grade biology here, but like we all need to work together. Like the coach has no purpose if there's no officials. The wrestlers are sure they could wrestle, but they're not going to wrestle their best, right? Without getting trained. Um, and so I think that the more that we can make that shift and do things. So if you're a coach, like when I'm a coach, I got to remember one, okay, my goal is, yeah, I want the kids to win, but I want them to be a better man or woman than they were before they walked in the room, right? Like that's, that's the goal of wrestling, right? The winning is, is secondary. Uh, I think it should be, um, you know, you want to produce better human beings that are going to um, give back. But I think that we all just need, need to remember that we're in this together. And it's cool when we all come together for those small wins. But, but you know, if you're only uh, excited and doing your job when it's fun or it's easy, uh, you're probably not going to be at that job very long. Yeah. So we all just need to understand that we have a part to play. And, and do it. And it's not hard work. It, you know, it's work. It's talking with wrestling people, man. Like, that's why this is so cool. Like people, people are like, you do a podcast with officials. I'm like, heck yeah. I get to hear a whole different perspective that no one ever hears. I get to talk wrestling. Um, it, it's the best job in the world. If I can make it full time, I would, but and, you're exactly right. We need to figure it out. Like, because I'm telling you right now, like coaches are causing officials to leave and that anyone that thinks that's not true, I would just say, take a self-assessment and just look at how mm -hmm. we treat them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's gotten to the point now for me, like I know sometimes I can be angry and argue a call. So what do I do before every tournament? I introduce myself to every official and give my business card because it's much harder to lose your mind to someone that has your contact information and knows your name, right? So there's little things that you can do to help yourself as a coach, you know, keep things in perspective. Um, now I get it at state tournaments or the district go-to match or sectional go-to match. Maybe you got to get a little more aggressive, but you can get your point across uh, a lot different than some of how some of us are approaching it. Listen, man, it's, that's so rich. You, if as a wrestler, and, and again, I, I wasn't one, but it's, I've interviewed enough to know that at 40 years old, you don't look back to your go-to match and say that ref screwed me. No one ever does that. Oh. And of course, we just got back NCAAs and there's always, that's really top of mind for people. There's that one or this was should have been near far or whatever. And we could talk about that and we can, it's just armchair quarterback. But fast forward and that wrestler's not going to be like, the ref screwed me. They, you just, that just, you just don't hear that. 
So why is it that the, the coach makes such a big deal? I get it. They're, they're, they're trying to fight for every point and they want that ref. I'm sorry. They want that wrestler to, to make the state tournament or whatever, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, you, you know, you mentioned your business card, you're wanting accountability ahead of time. That's what you're doing. You're saying you can hold me accountable if I act like a jackass, right? Yeah, I do. Because uh, I think as coaches, we need to maybe do some self-reflection. Like, why are we coaching, right? Like, are we coaching because we're trying to maybe make up for something that we didn't get to accomplish during our career, which is never a good place to come from as a parent or a coach or as anything, right? Right. Um, live, learn, move on. Um and then the other thing is, is I don't think coaches really understand how much they influence the entire competition area. So uh, we talked about parents earlier. Well, if you see your coach calling someone to the corner and maybe being a little bit aggressive and blah, blah, well, that makes you then as a spectator feel like, oh, coach, he knows wrestling. He's coaching my kid. Yeah. He's getting fired up. I can get fired up. And that spreads like a virus, mm -hmm. right? But and the same time, if you can see that your coach, you know, uh, you know, comes over there and they calmly have a, a conversation and it's changed or it's not. And he walks back and he's like, OK, you know, it's not walking back, shaking his head or mumbling under his breath. Then you're sending a different message to all the people in the room. Not only are, are the people that are watching like the spectators, your kids are watching like I coach junior high. So if I lose my mind and act like an idiot, I'm setting an example for a seventh or eighth grader that it's OK to lose your cool and treat other people like they're lesser than you. Yeah. And yeah. so if I'm telling you, man, if you have like a semi-decent mind on your head, head on your shoulders and, and you center yourself there and just really understand about the big impact of what you're doing as an official, as a coach, as a competitor, what it's all really about, it's much harder to lose your cool. But so few people do that. Now I know I'm a passionate guy. I love my kids. Like they, I love those kids. You know, they work their butts off and they might not win all the time, but I know that their heart's in it. And I, and I know that great things are ahead of them, but I could mess them up by how I behave. You know, mm -hmm. I could derail all of that. I want them to win, but at what cost, you know, do I want to teach them the right lesson or the wrong lesson? Um, and I think a lot of that comes back to servant leadership, you know, serving people. You can be a leader by serving. A lot of times people think, um, leaders are, you know, the guys with the titles and letters behind their name, but no, you can lead from anywhere you are in the world, whatever position you lead by example, people will follow and good stuff happens. And so that's my approach. And I just, uh, you know, it works for me. Um, but I can tell you a couple of years ago, I was a terror in the corner, <laughs> you know, um, until I realized, what are you doing, dude? Seriously, it's junior high wrestling. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and what better servant leaders than referees, right? I mean, as we've mentioned, for, for all the reasons that we've already mentioned, I wanted to talk about the fraternity because it's so funny. As I'm filming the action on the mat and, you know, there's referees that are that are playing their role, there's usually one or two. Some of, Sometimes they're scoring. Sometimes they're waiting their turn to go out on the mat. And sometimes there's obviously, you know, there's more than multiple referees on the, on the mat playing different roles. Those guys like each other, man. They, they, it's like, it's like 
that's their own fraternity because maybe nobody else likes them or nobody else has given them the, the respect they deserve, but they really do. They get along. They're, they're joking. They're, they're, they, they keep things really light. It's neat to watch. Oh, dude. Uh, so a couple of guys, uh, it's funny because I actually spoke about this last night. I recorded a podcast with Denny Ole, who I mentioned earlier. Um, that'll be coming soon. But uh, him and Tony Smirk, who was also a guest at one point, this is their first state tournament. You know, <laughs> and uh, the guys that have done it a couple of years said, make sure to bring a padlock for your locker because, <laughs> you know, they pull pranks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool when they start coming in and they're not even in their you know, their wrestling gear, you know, street clothes and stuff. And the first thing is like, hey, how are the kids or, hey, man, I went fishing last week and you wouldn't believe the size of this bass. Like they're they're normal people like us. They just so happen to put on a gray shirt with some stripes and uh, make sure that your kids stay safe and award points. Um, and sometimes you might disagree with who, who's awarded points or how they're awarded. But let me tell you, these guys, if you look at their rule book, it's highlighted. It's got post-it note tabs. Like the good officials take this stuff seriously. And, I, and how that really hit home with me is Matt Sorochinsky, <clears throat> who I was fortunate to have on the show earlier this year. He just did, I think, his 11th D1 finals. Mm. I think like. 16th like that number I don't know he's done a lot of NCAA tournaments but he's had matches in 11 finals now um but when I interviewed him it was probably I think it was October and uh you know season starts in late November early December and he's like yeah I've already been you know cycling and running and lifting for two weeks and I'm gonna do this and doing my film study and all of this stuff and I'm like whoa wait a minute you know like okay, that's how you get to that level, right? Like, it's a lot of, he's like, yeah, I've got to be, if I'm not in position, then someone doesn't get the points. Like, so they're working out and, and studying and watching these videos of other officials, their matches to learn how to get better. And yet when they come out on the mat, it's all we're saying is, oh, you messed that up. Oh, you messed that up. Like what other profession in the world can you not make a mistake and like on social media, everyone is like blasting you with a picture and none other than professional sports. Right. Um, totally so it's thankless. It's totally and, thankless. Yeah. And I mean, no one's perfect. As long as uh, there's humans involved, there's going to be air. But I can tell you with absolute 100% certainty, anyone and everyone I've talked to, like they just want to get it right. If they made the wrong call and I saw a couple at junior high state and grade school state. And it, I was watching, you know, because I'm watching the officials to learn. Like I can, I like to watch how well, some of their motions. I can kind of tell some people like, oh, they're trained by this person. They're trained by this person. But like coming up, they got the call wrong. Like one time he's like, yep, coach, you know what? You're right. I, I should have let that burn. I was wrong. I'm, I'm taking away the one that was a reversal. Like, boom, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it happens but we always focus on when we don't get our way and then we go and whine on social media and complain and it doesn't change anything most of the time right but i'll tell you what if an official sees that and it's a really close call and or whatever and it could go either way and they know that you're someone that i don't know what are your chances getting that call do you think you got better chances or you know or, or worse chances right so i think we just all just need to can't we all just get along, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't even remember the question, man. But, like, seriously, if we could just figure this out, this coaches and officials thing, it would it would benefit the wrestling 100%. Well, 
That's that's a really inside aspect that I never thought about just as a, as a general wrestling fan. You know, that is I think that's key. You know, I, I'm I was worried I was coming at the angle of I'm worried about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And, you know, me, I'm I'm too soft skinned to be a referee. I can't do it, man. I want to make too many people happy. And I, oh, my God, I got to get right. I overanalyze. And these matches, they run forever. And I, I double second guess myself. But certain people um, are, are suited to be referees. And I'm just thinking about the numbers. You know, where are those people? But I, I think you really hit it for me. It's the interaction between the coaches, the referees, and the roles that everybody plays, including the wrestlers, in this great sport of wrestling that we have. And let's get that message across. And if it means you force coaches to sit in the referees, um, you know, meetings and, and, and all that, rules, rules committees, uh, you force them to do it. Or, and, and vice versa, you know, referees need to be involved in some of the coaching things as well. I don't know if that's the answer, but I do think that's the key. I think that's the key that you just hit. Well, actually, again, back talking with Denny Ola yesterday, he's from West Virginia originally, state champ there, and so he's a wrestler. Then he coached, he wrestled in college, coached uh, 16 years official there and six years here, got his first state assignment this year. Uh, he told me during our, our time together yesterday, in West Virginia, every year, every coach has to take the officials class, take the test. They don't have to pass it, but they have to take it. Oh, so at least that's a little bit of accountability, right? Like uh, for me, if I'm taking a test, I certainly don't want to bomb it, you know? So <laughs> right. um, like I want to win all the time. Like yeah. I don't care if it's checkers or tiddlywinks or whatever, like I want to win. Um, and that's how I'd be about, you know, coaching too, is I want to pass that test. So I think that's a step that a lot of states could do is just look before you get into the regular season on your arbiter account or on your OHSAA coaches account, you have to have a completed officials test. That's a start, right? Mm -hmm. Or you have to attend, you know, take that test and attend, attend one meeting, mm -hmm. one officials meeting. Um, now, granted, uh, as officials in the OHSAA, we could make it easier to get that information to them. Um, I think it's a little clunky how it is, I'll just be honest. Um, but, I mean, there's little steps that we can take, like I said before, that rapid prototyping. Let's just try little things, measure, <laughs> and then adjust, right? Oh, that wasn't working. We don't need to do that anymore. Oh, we saw, you know, 10% less officials hanging up this year under this certain age that, you know, in their first three years, oh, this might be working, right? Because we know that when you come an official, if you can make it past three years, you're generally going to stay. Hmm. Um, but most quit um, in the first three years. And it's the two reasons are the abuse from the spectators and the coaches and the pay. And this last year, I think a lot of ADs, uh, ADs, athletic directors, um, started realizing they need to pay these officials a little bit more. We're not talking hundreds of dollars, you know, but they went up 50 bucks and that makes all the difference in the world that, you know, now with gas, that's a, maybe a half, half of your trip for half of your trip, you know, a right. quarter of your trip. So um, I think we just all need to be aware of what's the referee's perspective. I would love, you know, I've heard your show's great and, you know, with coaches and I've heard theirs and they all want to win and they all want to do it the right way. Um, you know, Coach Beachler at ONU comes to mind. Like that guy wrote the rule book, literally. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've heard story from, stories from his wrestlers about it. But like, 
you don't need to be coach Beachler, but, but let's like know the rules and like, like work together. Um, Cause I guarantee it'll be easier to challenge a call. Right. Um, and then ultimately lay your head on the pillow at the night, knowing that you didn't, you know, embarrass your school or yourself or your kids. Um, because some of us don't have the, um, I don't know, like the, the wherewithal to understand like what we're doing and the impact it can have, especially in this day, right? It could be magnified. Anyone could film it. Anyone can share it. Um, and it, that shouldn't be your motivation to like do the right thing and, and be the best version of yourself. But if that is, <laughs> remember most of this, a lot of the stuff's now on track. Right. Uh, and so like, that was the thing I talked with the officials for OAC these last two weekends is, hey, everything's on film, you know, like, so one, remember that Two, remember if the coach loses their cool at the table, guess what? It's on film and audio too. It's, yeah. it's, you know, so you might be nervous that you're on film, but you make a call and then people are, Oh, well, that was a bad, you know, whatever. Well, he said F you to the official in the corner, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You know? So I think, um, you know, technology is helping, a little bit there but i don't i would hope that we could just realize that we need to get better we need to get better and just uh, work together to, to to make wrestling the best it can be like i want ohio to be the best wrestling state in the union you know i don't like hearing that pennsylvania is better than us and the numbers show they clearly are yeah. and chicago i mean uh, illinois is on the rise and Jer new jersey is always there but like guys we can work together and we could have way better results right it's funny you mentioned the technology piece because I've, I, I, I've more than once, probably at least a half a dozen times, I've had the referee come up to me before I hit record and said, where can I see this match? Because they're evaluating themselves. You know, is this going to be on your YouTube? Is this going to be on Ohio Matt Media? Where can I see this match? They actually care and they're evaluating themselves. They want to do a good job. They also know that you know, uh, that's going to be the one of the first thing that sticks out. If, if I'm, if I'm putting a, if I'm posting a match to YouTube and there's just an egregious call one way or the other, you know, they know that they're, they're going to see their face on that, uh, you know, call in that match. Again, it's accountability. Like when you hold yourself accountable and you want to get better, right. Uh, Cause I think that's what they're doing, right? Like they want, they want to know where it is so they can rewatch it. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is they want to see what they're doing wrong so they can fix it before they're actually being observed because all these officials during the year are observed like the newer ones you know the state rules Jim Vreeland Toby Dunlap Jeff Crosby people like this they come to tournaments and they come with a clipboard and they sit there and they watch them and they make notes and then they when they're off the mat they're like hey did this good you know gotta get better here I would have done this differently um so they're trying to better themselves because they know it's like when you're a kid, right? When the principal comes in and evaluates the teacher, I don't know, if you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. They want to get better because their goal, like a kid's goal is to get on the podium at state or win a state championship. A lot of these officials goal is, is I want to officiate at the state tournament. Yeah. That's going to be the highest, you know, they're the ones that don't want to go on and do college D3, D2, D1. They're, you know, they love what they're doing. Every single one I've talked to, my goal is to do the state tournament. And then if I do it, if it's your first year, you're evaluated once each round. Okay. So you're being, if it's your first year, you're being evaluated once each round. Then your goal is I want to be good enough to get back the next year because in Ohio, you can do two on one off 
then you can do two on again. And that's to cycle in new blood. Okay. Um, so, and I say this because like people like these officials, like it's not anyone can go out there. You know, we don't just give anyone a whistle, you know, bitty tournaments, maybe we do. Um, but like these guys take this perf like seriously, this yeah. is their equivalent to competing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the floor at the Schottenstein center is not just, um, palpable with emotion because the wrestlers are nervous and the coaches are, are, are trying to lead their wrestlers. Those guys take it very seriously. I love the, the routine of it all. The, the referee, a, a ref and official walks the wrestlers out with their coaches. They, they're there one match prior. It's like clockwork, right? It's, in, it's a phenomenal experience to be down on that floor. I take it as a huge privilege to be around. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. But those officials are very, very serious as well. And, and again, looking over at the, at the scores table, when I'm, when I'm running my camera, I can see they take it very, very seriously. And, and it is a privilege for them to be there as well, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the official. so that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. So at the OHSAA and OAC, uh, we have an official at every table that will never be on the mat. Then you have your, you know, your three on two or whatever mm -hmm. kind of uh, the head, however the head referee uh, does it. But yeah, they understand that if I'm at the table, I'm really close to being on the mat. So I need to do a really good job at this job because this is my interview huh. as well as the work that I do on the mat during the season, this season and next season to possibly get that letter in December that you're doing the state tournament. Like these officials that apply to do that, like that's like college acceptance letter. Like you're waiting in the mail, like, yes, you're accepted or no, not this year. Like they take it so seriously. And I don't, I don't, I, I just think we don't, it's, they're not in a glorified position. So we don't really ever think about it. Right. It's just like, do your job. Let my kid wrestle. Um, but these are people too, and they have goals. Um, and none of them are officiating to be like, yeah, I just want to do JV tournaments and a couple local ones and, you know, call it a day. Like that most of these guys are wrestlers that had really great careers or um, were wrestlers that just loved it. And they were missing something when they went away and they needed to fill it. And, even whatever one you are, right? Great career or you need wrestling, you're missing it. There's the wrestler in them still. Mm -hmm. And that says, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. I want, I want to officiate this match. Like if I was the kid and that competitor was me making the calls, I want everyone to feel good that the calls were right. Yep. That is the mindset. Never have I as an official or anyone I've ever spoke to said I woke up in the morning like yeah this morning I'm gonna screw the 32 pounder from the central district it's gonna be awesome I can't wait to see the look on his coach's face and how he reacts no like these guys are nervous to go out there but once the whistle goes they fall right into their routine because mm -hmm. they're professionals mm -hmm. um, and uh that's what I think we need to look at them as like they're professionals they know what they're doing um you know I'm 38 years old I think I started wrestling maybe when I was five. Um, so that's a long time. I still, every time I crack open that rule book or look at our situations, um, stuff, I learn something. Uh, so it's very different being a wrestler and uh, thinking you know the rules versus being an official and having to know the rules to do your job. 
So let's circle back to the Wrestle for Autism event. It's Sunday the the 3rd. Um, probably we, we might not be able to have this. Hope, maybe we can't have this out prior. It'd be, it'd be a good goal if we can get it out prior to that. Uh, what specifically, again, just highlight again what, what's going on when it comes to the classes that are going to happen at that tournament for efficient. Uh, well, efficient. first of all, the, the Wrestle Against Autism, uh, amazing event. Jeff Sittler, uh, a fellow official, he's a guest of the show, Technical Explanation Show. He does a heck of a job. Um, you know, he, he's got a real job. He's an official. Um, and then he does this. And all of the money goes towards helping uh, families with autism. Um, a lot of what they do, you know, they'll, they'll help them with changing some of the things they might need to do to their house to uh, help, uh, you know, the individual with autism cope better. Um, some of it is for uh, like dogs, like, uh, you know, like not training, like sensory dogs or like, you know, like support dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, those things cost like $67,000, I think, to train. Wow. And some people are like, well, why can't you train them like you know, how they do with uh, dogs for police officers. Well, every person on the spectrum is different. Yeah. So they have to train the dog. You know, if someone, if it's a kid that gets angry and when they're angry, they bang their head against the wall, they need to train the dog to get in between the kid and the wall and calm them down. Yeah. Um, so the money and the cause, uh, it, it hits home for me. Uh, my mom is an intervention specialist. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I have some family members too that, um, you know, are on the spectrum. Um, so it's really, really cool. Uh, but as far as the officiating part, uh, Fred Feeney's been doing this. He does it twice a year. Uh, I hope he keeps doing it because it's an amazing asset. Um, but he does the Are You a Duck class. And so what we'll do is everyone will get together on Friday uh, and start going through the class, probably the first four rules. Okay. Um, and we'll go over, you know, it's not looking at slideshows and, and reading out a book like we're going to go and watch video and say, you know, what's the, you know, that then we go through the next four rules. Um, and it sounds funny. I, there's like eight to 10 rules or whatever in the rule book, but everything falls under them. So, um, so then they'll go through that then uh, on the second day. And then on Sunday, they are going to be uh, on the mat with 10 tenured officials. Okay. So they're going to be <clears throat> being evaluated um, get some opportunities to make the calls, uh, work on their mechanics, being in the right position, anticipating uh, where the, the action is going, um, that sort of stuff. And then a week from then, they get to take uh, the test on Zoom so they don't have to travel again. Uh, and the test is an open book test. Huh. You get, you know, and you got to, you know, get, I think, an 80% or higher and you're good. Um, and then you have some more evaluations and stuff. But really what they're trying to do is, you know, the first time I took my class, I was a senior in high school. I did it with my dad, who was still coaching, you know, so he, God bless him. I, I don't think he missed very many rules meetings because he always wanted to learn the rules so he could learn how to bend them. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is him. Yeah. Um, but they've really condensed this and it's, you know, it's certified by the OHSAA. They, it's, you know, it's, a, get it, you know, get it done really quick, take the test, and then you just have to check off some more boxes as far as getting evaluated and stuff. Then you've got your, you know, you can do uh, junior high um, in Biddy. Um, and you so mentioned how many? How many people 28. Um, Otterbine, uh, our gracious hosts, thank them. Um, they limited it still because of COVID. Uh, okay. So usually there's not a number, like we could add 100 or whatever. Okay. So we um, we had to cut, cut it off at 28. They said 30, but we have two instructors. Okay. Um, 
uh, Dawn and uh, Fred. So um, hopeful that next year, because they do this in the fall and the spring, that we can uh, replicate this mm -hmm. and do uh, you know an officials class, <clears throat> but one that's led by a female and one that's led by a male, and you can pick which one you want. Right. But there's crossover anyhow. Right. Uh, but sometimes it's going to be all females and all males, or if you know you're a male and you want to take the female, whatever. Yes. But the idea is to give uh, Dawn yeah. um, some some visibility because let's face it, she's amazing. She called uh, she called the match at the shot or at the uh, Cavelli Center for Olentangy and yeah. you know right before Gettysburg. Yep. Yeah, right before the uh, that Penn State Ohio State. Yep. So, so she's really really good at what she does. And this is going to be her first time uh, uh, being an instructor and she's going to get better and we're going to get more female officials and we're going to get more female instructors and we're going to build off of this. Um, you know, I've, I, you asked earlier, what's the OIC working on? Well, one of the things I keep talking to them about is whatever tournaments we do that are not like uh, state series tournaments, you know, district, state, or if we ever get back to sectionals, whatever, like how can we do a class for two days leading up to that event and get the new officials on the mat with tenured officials yep. and do this and just bake it into what we do um, so we can just keep adding officials. Yep. And um, I would encourage other, you know, schools that have uh, tournaments, you know, that, you know, aren't the, you know, Brexville invite or, you know, Ironman or something like that, where you can give opportunities and still have tenured officials, but have some people get some mat time. I would encourage them to think about how they could do that. Or how can I get newer officials um, to do wrestle-offs for me? Um, or my preview or my JV matches, you know? Um, just start thinking a little, little bit differently than how you have in the past, um, because that's what it's gonna take. These uh, new officials are going to need mat time, just like a, a new wrestler needs mat time, because. You can't learn how to react until you learn how it falls. And, oh, if I would have lift my right hip, then this would have happened. Then I would have, you know, knee pounded up, whatever. Um, same thing with officials. You know, um, they need the mat time. And unfortunately, how officials, like right now, when you become an official, they're like, go do bitty, right? That's the absolute worst thing to do. Right. Because, one, the pay's less. And, two, there's more parents there. And there's more coaches that are parents. And they're brutal. Yeah, they're absolutely brutal. So we're saying, hey, here's this new thing. Thanks for becoming an official. We're going to throw you to the wolves right away. Yeah. yeah um, when, how many reversals and how many, how many, oh, they're scoring all over the Well, place. that's the biggest thing is letting things we call burn, right? So holding the points until the two's established, like with grade school, right? Like, oh, that could be two. But if I hold it, it might be two the other way, you know? So sometimes they're like, well, that's when you hear two from the crowd, right? Well, they're just letting it burn to make sure that it settles. Uh -huh. Um, and so that's another thing a lot of people don't know, but, you know, if I had my way, um, I think new officials should be starting with junior high or JV, yeah. um, and then go down and do the bitty to learn that scramble wrestling and learn how to get in position faster, Yeah. then go to varsity, but don't start with the most, uh, cantankerous crowd, yeah. right. <laughs> and, um, the most matches, the longest day, sometimes they're half mats, try to stay in position on a half mat. With little kids, you, you don't know, you know. So it's just, uh, it makes it, in my opinion, uh, makes it really rough on them right out of the gate. But, um, you know, we've been doing that for a long way. Uh, but I'm talking to some people. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So 
we've got a ton of content. What are we missing? What have I, we not talked about? I don't know, man. Um, I, I've talked about everything I want to. I just, I just hope anyone watching this um, just really realizes how much these officials care. Um, they really do. I talk with them a lot. You know, these guys now that I consider my, you know, I work with them for a few hours at a tournament and everything, but I, I consider them my friends, my brothers now too. Um, I can tell you sometimes, you know, we had a complaint at uh, one of the tournaments in the last two weekends, won't say which one it was. And they're complaining about the officials, uh, you know, as a specific coach. And I said, do you realize that there are four guys on the floor that have, that have officiated D2 and D3 national matches, two that just did the state tournament two weeks ago, and all the other ones have done at least districts. Like, if you want better officials, please send them my way. Let me know because <laughs> I don't know about them, you know. Um, so I think it's just like anything, right? When you go in and make a statement to someone because maybe you're mad or you're upset about something, like, do a little research. Look at flip the coin. You know, I always say there's two sides to every coin. Flip the coin you know, what, what, what's going on there? Cause it might be a you problem, right? Yeah. Like you might be coaching your kids to do something, you know, like a Merkel, right? Everyone's like, Oh, the legs hooked right away. That's two. No, it really isn't. You have to extend them. Right. They have to be on their elbows or less. It's not two. You can hook that and be on the side and cover the hip and do everything you want. And that's, I say that cause that was a huge thing this year. Right. It's not two right away. It's not an automatic two. like read the rule book, read the situation book, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think if we did that more, then we would be less hard on the officials because we would only challenge when we knew we had a snowball's chance in heck of winning, right? So um, I think that's the last thing I really have to say. I, I just want to say, dude, since you've been doing this, this is the interviews have been awesome. I love being a team member with you. And, uh, I, you know, I hope you're right about Ohio Matt Media blowing up because I'm hearing some things from officials saying, hey, this is the most people have actually thanked me for officiating, Yeah, you know? So I think we're making an impact. We may never know what impact it is, but it is an impact. And that I think that's all we can all ask to do is just make it a little bit better one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what better sport to champion than the sport of wrestling? So I'm happy to be on board, play my minor role. I'm just a spectator, man. I get to just watch all you guys. You guys are wrestlers. You paid you your dues. You have the second best seat in the house. And yeah. It's the true. officials have the best seat in the house. And that's yeah. one of the big pitches they'll say is like, I got the best seat in the house. I am there. That's like, a great point. No points are being given unless I raise my right or left hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. You are, you're a part of the match. Now, if you do it right, you're an unnoticeable part of the match. Right. Or not right. That's not right. Um, that's not correct. You know what I mean though? Right. Like yeah. if you're, if you're, you know, matches go and you're not uh, seen, that's a good thing. But honestly, what could you ask other than competing? You're as closest to the action as anyone. Yeah, yeah. And going back to that state tournament, I, I bet they look forward to those three days in March, just like we do, just like you do as a coach, just like I do as a, as a spectator. I bet they're looking forward to it, being out there on that stage. Yeah, there are people right now, I can tell you, that are at home already thinking about when they apply next year and thinking about that date when they're going to find out if they got it or not. Like, it is... It's just as real as training to get to the state tournament. Like these guys are officiating knowing every time I go out on the mat, I need to do such a job that I can get the opportunity to be in the Schottenstein Center in March. Um, and so I think really, I think what we've said for the last hour and 
gosh, 15, 20 minutes, um, is that we all have so much more in common than we do in, in, in difference. Like we are a wrestling family, whether we like it or not, uh, officials might be the, you know, the weird cousins or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're a family and, and we all have to work together to make this happen. And the sooner that we can realize and take steps to kind of bridge that gap, um, the faster wrestling's going to get better. Yeah. The faster it'll grow, you know, with everybody talks about growing wrestling. Well, that's an aspect that needs to be a part of the family and addressed and, and nurtured just like, just like any family member would. So I love it. I love, I love the angle that you're taking um, real quick. Tell everybody where they can find podcasts, where they can find social and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, on social, our videos are actually on the Ohio Athletic Committee page. Um, there is, there's two uh, playlists. There's Technical Explanation Show, which is the full version. And then there's Tech TechX uh, Shorts, which are just short excerpts or maybe, excuse me, um, videos that when I'm coaching and I should be eating food in the hospitality room. I'm interviewing officials that were there, stuff like that. Um, so that's on the OAC's uh, YouTube page. But on social, everything is tech, X, so tech, T-E-C-H-E-X, wrestling. Um, that's on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, if you go to facebook.com slash tech X wrestling, you'll find us there. Instagram, um, you know, it's going to be fun trying to find content now that the season's over and it's locking hand season. So maybe I'll try to get some freestyle stuff going, but yeah, yeah. Um, that's where you can find us uh, on Instagram. We have a uh, link tree in our bio too. Okay. Um, so you can go to every video there. We're in audio. And so we're in video on YouTube and audio on any uh, major podcast platform you could think of. If we're not on it, uh, there's probably for a reason. Um uh, but yeah, hey, thanks for that opportunity too. Uh, we would love to have some more uh, viewers and people kind of see what the officials are thinking, you know, and why they do what they do. Yeah, and it's not just viewers. I, I'm hopeful that uh, uh, people that want to be on the pod, referees, will reach out to you by direct message or, or the best way to reach out to you and I, I'll give you some content. Because the more to... stories that are told, just like wrestler stories, everybody has unique stories and we love to hear their story. Why not hear more stories from referees? Well, again, you're in sales, right? Like people remember stories. Like yeah. they, they don't remember uh, slideshows, right? And, and slide decks, right? So um, like, if you can tell a story, it's great, right? And people want to hear that. That's how you remember and learn. Because if you're, you know, if you were a Neanderthal back in the day, right? And you walked out, you had to get food and you walked to the left and a big lion's there, right? You go back and you're like, hey, don't go to the left for apples. There's a lion there. Go to the right, right? You remember that because if you go to the left, you're dead, yeah. right? So these stories are just so memorable and you can learn so much from them. Um, and honestly, I, I think they can make you a better coach, a better wrestler. And if, if you doubt me, just talk to those six wrestlers that placed in the top four at the stadium, uh, on the podium this year that are also officials and high school athletes, student athletes. Think yeah. about that. If they can become an official and be in, a high, in high school and juggle their schoolwork and compete at that level, what excuses do you have not to give back to the sport? Like, what's your excuse? I'd love to hear it. Right. All right. That's a good call to action. All right, man. Well, thank you. We got anything else before we say goodbye? No, man. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. 